Welcome to Truth Seeking Mamas. I'm Carissa. And I'm Christian. We are both pastors, wives, and mamas who are seeking truthful accounts of what it looks like for believers to have faithful endurance in real life. We hope that these conversations not only touch your heart, but also encourage you to have genuine community with other believers. We believe we can't truly be all God has us called us to be until we embrace both a biblical and meaningful community within our church bodies. Welcome to Truth Seeking Mamas. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to Truth Seeking Mamas. We are so excited to welcome our very first guest this morning, Trista Blankenship, and we are so excited for her to share with you all her story. So Trista, would you mind to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. I am Trista Blankenship. I actually reside in the North Georgia mountains with my family. My husband and I have been married for 14 years next month, and we have two daughters together. One is early stages of teenager, and the other one is almost in that same stage. And I am a counselor here in North Georgia. That's right. That is actually how Tristan and I met, was in my undergrad I believe, Trista, you were about to graduate at that time. Yes, I was in my last semester of my undergrad as well. Yes. Yeah, I, that was my first semester at that school, not my, not of my college career, but um, <laughs> at, at Truett. So we are so excited to have Trista on today. And Trista has a very unique um, situation about how she went back to school Obviously, you all heard her say she has uh, children who are a little bit older, and I haven't been out of school that long <laughs> either. So, Trista, I would love for you to share um, with our audience what it was like for you to go back to school um, with with two kids, because that that's a lot, and I would love for you to share. Sure. It was a very interesting path. I'd always wanted to go to college, dreamed of it my whole life, but... And I just had a difficult home situation growing up. And when it came to the end of my senior year, that seemed impossible. And so um, life just took me into a different path for a while. And I married my husband and he and I both worked and we got pregnant almost immediately. And so I got laid off from work and it was in 2008, 2009, and I was laid off. And then shortly after my husband was laid off from his job. And at that time, I was six months pregnant with our first daughter. And so I had a lot of difficulty finding a job. If you remember back then, and if the audience can remember back then, and if not, I'll just tell you that we were going through a major recession and everything I was trained for went from being a decently paying job to minimum wage. And no one would hire the obviously pregnant person because I'm only five feet tall. And so at six months pregnant, I look like what some women would look like at eight months. And so it was pretty obvious going into interviews. So after that, we decided to, I just decided to stay home. That was what my husband desired for me to do. And a few months into that, after our daughter was born, he said, you know, I work at a college and I think that you should go back to school always been your dream. And I really want to see you get to do that. And he was like, and let's just take this time for you to pursue a degree that'll kind of change the way our future will go from here. And I was like, okay. So um, I enrolled at the college I worked at, which actually was the college I had always wanted to go to. So God was just really that and showed me that from the beginning. So in my first semester 
in college, I was on campus and I was able to afford to go not only because he worked there, but also at that time because of the recession and so many people had lost their jobs. And so jobs were just so few that the current administration actually put forth a program where moms could go to school full time and they would help pay childcare costs. And so we were able to put our daughter into daycare a few days a week for, it was like $11 a week, which we literally could have not afforded anything more than that. And I think some weeks were probably hard to afford that. So that really kind of changed how I was able to go at first. But because our plans are not God's plans, a few months into my first semester in college on campus, I found out I was pregnant again with our youngest daughter. And so I finished out that semester and decided not to enroll in school again because I just needed, I was like, well, first of all, she was due in October. So that was in the middle of the next semester. I was like, yeah, probably can't really manage that one. So I felt a little bit sad and hopeless in the fact that I really thought like, well, that was fun to get to do, but apparently that's not in the plans. And so at that same time, the economy was still pretty bad and things were recovering, but going back to work was still probably not an option because childcare was so expensive and I was only trained for things I didn't have in education. And so nobody really wanted to hire me in order to pay me the, what I would need for childcare. So after probably six months at home, my husband said, you know, um, I still really feel like you need to go back to school. And I thought there is no way I cannot go back to campus with two girls because by that point, the um, childcare had expired. And so I was just like, there's just no way. And we started praying about it. And there was just after sign that I, this is what I should do. I should go back to school. But I didn't know how that was going to be possible because the childcare options had expired and there was just no way that we could afford childcare. And so we began to really pray about it and to seek God in that. And it was kind of amazing. I was wistfully looking at the school's website when the like, you know, the little headlines that come across the top of a website anyway. So it was like those little headlines that came across and said that they were offering a degree in psychology fully online. And I was like, wow, I could do that. I could go to school online. So I enrolled in school online. My first semester, I took one class um, in the first eight weeks and one class in the second eight weeks. And then God sent us an option with a local preschool that someone turned us on to. And they said, you know, you should go and talk to them and see if you can do like some substitute teaching or something in exchange for part of the preschool cost. And it was one of those ones that was done by a church and it was done extremely well. And so a couple of mornings a week, our girls got to go to school. And during that time, I was able then to go to school. And so I would sit down and do my classes and that's kind of how it went for the next several years. I went to school full-time online after that first semester of returning part-time. And my I did school while my girls napped. I did school on the weekends when my husband could watch them. I did school when they were in school. 
and I went to school year round. So I went to all summer and everything. And it was just kind of remarkable to get to see. But at the same time, like it was a really difficult journey because I wasn't just a student. I was a full-time mom. I was their primary caregiver. My husband worked two jobs most of that time so that I could stay home and go to school. And outside of preschool, two mornings a week, we didn't have any other childcare. And so I was like, just all me. And I still am kind of amazed that the God was so faithful and just really saw me through that time. I moved forward into my last semester when I met you, Carissa, and we were taking that class. I had decided my girls were in school a little bit more at that point because they were a little bit older. And so they went to school a few more days a week. And I had decided that I just really wanted my last semester to get to take a class on campus because I had missed that opportunity to really interact with my teachers and interact with other students in that way. So in my last semester, I went and took one class on campus and that is the class that we met in. So I definitely think that that is a gift that came from that time. Absolutely. I didn't even know all the details of this. This is so amazing. I love it. God is so good. God is so good. Wow, that is an amazing story that the Lord has given you. Um, how long would you say it took you from the time that you went back to school, from the time then until you graduated with your master's degree? Wow, that was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that I do just want to encourage your listeners to is the fact that when my husband and I were discussing that, I sat down and I was like going to cry when I looked at the time that it was going to take me. And he said, the time is going to pass one way or the other. And he was like, our kids are going to grow up and this is going to be what it is. And he says, we can either get to the other end of that time and change our family's lives forever, or things can stay the same. And he's like, I'm fine with either way. And so that really was such an encouragement to me to remember that he was right. That time was going to be whatever it was anyway. So I would say I started school in January of 2009, and I did take some time off, of course, and had to go part-time at other times, but I did not graduate with my master's until um, December of 2019. Wow. So almost exactly 10 years. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. And the time, time did pass. That, That encourages me because... Um, for our listeners, I just started master's classes myself and I was looking the other day and I was like, oh, if I stick with this, I might be done by the fall of 2026. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that, that is so encouraging. So thank you for sharing that because that is so true. It's going to pass regardless. Are you going to make the most of your time, you know, that you've been given? And it's one of those things that if the Lord has called you to that, then, you know, he's absolutely going to see you through it. And so just reminding yourself that if this is something that he's called you to, and he's opening the doors, then all you have to do is be faithful and walk through them. Mm, That is good. That's so good. So you shared so many ways that the Lord provided for you all. Some things I kind of would like to point out to the listener, you know, they're, were times that Trista said with current administration, current situations going on in society, the Lord provided a way even through those 
um, avenues that probably would not have been possible at that time without those. Um, you said your friend from church mentioned to you, hey, you should go and check this out. You know, just those little things, the Lord used those small things to spur you on to allow for a way for you. So I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Are there any other ways, like, obviously that was, obviously you're three years removed from that time, but are there any other specific ways you saw, like, the Lord just provide for your family? Looking back at that time, like, literally that's all I can see is the way that the Lord provided. Um, there, I mean, it was just kind of remarkable. And that's all I see is his fingerprints everywhere. Of course, now I'm on the other side. <laughs> so it's yes. different. <laughs> um, so walking through it, I definitely don't know that I would have said, oh yeah, I can definitely see how God's working this out. But getting to have that opportunity on the other side, I would say that from the moment, you know, even my husband getting laid off when I was eight months pregnant and seven months pregnant at that time. And I had just been laid off and I was like, what in the world are we going to do? How are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to provide for our children? And the job opportunity that he got was just the lowest paying job. In fact, I think most fast food workers make probably significantly more than he made at that time. And he was trying to provide for a family of three, because I do have a 24 year old stepson that lived with us at the time. And what was about to become a family of four with an infant. And so, but that job allowed me to go to school my first semester. And then after that, I was, then I qualified for Hope Scholarship because I made, I guess, decent enough grades and that helped me through. And so those were all things that God just lined up. And then the preschool and the people encouraging us to do that. And those were other believers that were running the preschool and the scholarship that they offered us at the time was something that they had probably never offered anyone else. And it was just like, they believed in what I was doing because God was the one doing it. And then you look at the people that I met along the way who encouraged me and helped me to stay the path and the teachers who believed in me. That was so special because they all knew that I was doing it as a mom. I just had a different story than most of the rest of them, most of the rest of the students out there. And so they would encourage me and send me, you know, reminders to do, you know, that I was doing a great job. Um, when my kids were sick, they would check in on them and things like that. And it was just like, so remarkable now looking back and seeing how God orchestrated all of that when he did. Absolutely. I'm so glad, like you are able to see God's fingerprints throughout your journey, because I think so many times we just get in the rut of just the daily in and out of life that sometimes we don't take that time to pause and acknowledge the Lord for his goodness and his faithfulness to us. Yes. There was something I wanted to bring up that you had mentioned to me um, the other day. You talked about your, obviously your all's finances were very tight because of everything that was going on. But there was something you said to me the other day, and I would love if you could share it with our our audience. 
you talked about your gas, your weekly gas that you put in your car. Could you share about that? Sure. So if the people remember, or if I can just highlight that time, um, gas was similar to what it is now. Um, and so it was just very, very expensive. We drove and I drove an older model van because I had three children and we, our budget was so tight. And I mean, like, I don't even, I literally can look back and go, I don't even know how we survived. Um, it was so tight. I can remember counting diapers and things like that. But one of the areas that it was really tight in was gas. And so not only was that a difficult time because I was in school, it was also a very lonely time. Gas was so expensive and I drove kind of a gas guzzler and our budget only allowed for $20 a week for me to get gas. And so most of the time that was only enough to get us to church on Sunday and Wednesday and potentially one other outing that week. So if we needed a doctor's appointment, I had to use it for that. Um, if it was going to be going to the grocery store, I had to use it for that. We also kind of lived out in the middle of nowhere. So the grocery store was no small, like just run to town thing. Um, it was probably a 20 minute to 25 minute drive with two little ones. And so there was, I, I couldn't go anywhere. There was no extra stuff. There was no going to see people or going even to the park, you know, something free. There was none of that either. And I can remember times where I had already used up the gas and was literally terrified going to the, like going to the gas station in the next week that we were going to run out because my tank was reading empty. And I can remember hoping just to coast to the gas station to get gas again, but you know what? I never ran out of gas. I probably made it on fumes, but I think those were like God's fumes at this point. Amen. Amen. <laughs> there was just like so many times that I thought, man, I had to do that extra thing, like run to my stepson's school. And I know that put me over the edge, you know, and so those were definitely difficult times, but I think in it were, it was a lot of beauty and how we just learned to really trust God. We learned the importance of literally every penny that we spent. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. It It's one of those things I've heard about people say, you know, you don't, you, you were desperate for the Lord's provisions, you know, I think that's something, I don't know, I guess just in the abundance that we experience in America, sometimes I think the majority of us are not desperate for his provisions, you know, um, and you don't have to be desperate for the Lord's provisions. I think he provides for you in abundance many times, but I think in Western society, in a developed country, a lot of us don't stop and thank the Lord for him providing exactly what we need right in that moment. So I think that is a testament. And I'm sure that that has helped strengthen you and your husband's relationship with the Lord to look back on the times of his faithfulness. Definitely. And even, you know, remembering like the small things that he would send our way is like, I told you, my husband worked two jobs most of the time. And a lot of those second jobs were odd jobs. People would call him and ask him to come in and do things. And even through those people being able to give up a little bit of their finances in order to provide for our family, it was still just a gift from God that he was orchestrating. Wow. 
God is so good. So good. So I don't want to take a ton of time out of your day. I know you're, you're a busy lady, mm-hmm. but, um, or our listeners day, cause I know you all are busy too, but could you share a little bit? We talked about ways that you had people in your church community that did help support you all in some ways, the odd jobs, um, you know, your friends suggesting, Hey, you should look at this, um, daycare. Are there ways that you feel like your community at that time maybe could have come alongside your family in a different way? Or maybe what would you say to a community that has a mom that's gone back to school um, with two small kids, you know, and they might be in a similar situation as you. Is there anything um, that you would maybe say to, to a community seeing a similar situation as yours? Sure. I would definitely say um, to just do everything you can to support that mom or dad or whoever it is, because they just really need it. Um, If you can offer to babysit, offer to babysit and, you know, let her, I remember how many times I was trying to write papers or listen to lectures while I was literally nursing, you know, and the time that's supposed to be relaxing was spent you know, working. And so I would, you know, I would definitely recommend if you can at all help offer to babysit. Um, I would love to see churches do more of offering to do like even special offerings and things like that to help pay for books. Because I mean, that first semester, my step, my mother-in-law worked in the bookstore and that's how I got my books is that she just was left over from the bookstore. And so if you can even help raise money for them to get books or supplies that they need, if you can, as a church, just like continuously find ways to encourage them, because I promise you, they feel discouraged Mm -hmm. and I will never forget someone telling me I was having to, I dropped my daughter off on one Wednesday night and I was like, oh, I have to run to the store um, while I'm here, it was that situation with gas, you know, and they didn't, mm-hmm. a lot of my family, my church family did not know that at the time, what we were going through. And so I was like, well, I'm already in town. So I'm going to drop her off at church on Wednesday night. And then I'm going to run to the store and get, it was something that one of us needed for school. And one of the ladies there, I was like, oh, I've got to run to do that. And she goes, can you imagine what it'll be like if you actually had a job? And that like broke me because I went to school full time. I guarantee that the hours I put in in school matched what she put in in her job. And I was a full time stay at home mother. We had no support from our family and our church family knew that. My family lived far away and my husband just didn't have a lot of family where we were. And so we didn't have people offering to help out. And they knew that we were doing this by ourselves. And so I would just say like speaking in kindness and encouragement and not degrading that mom for not being doing that and being in the same place that you are and understanding that this is probably a journey that God has taken this person on. And so if you could do that with other people, if you would get excited about whatever journey God has them on, um, do the same for this person in the same way, you know, fundraising, um, just encouragements, you know, like I said, coming in for childcare, anything that you can think of that you could do, offer to bring a dish. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, like, man, to have a dish ready 
for us one evening that would have just allowed me a few extra minutes with my daughters or a few extra minutes to study where I wasn't also trying to do that. You know, all of us can do something. And I think that we just forget that because they're in a different stage or what we don't see behind closed doors doesn't mean they don't need them. Mm. That's a good word. That's a good word. I, oh, it hurts my heart. Um, I, I can only imagine how you felt uh, in those times. And then you're like, I'm doing the best I can do, <laughs> you know, and the Lord knows that the Lord saw that you were doing the best because he was growing that inside of you and your family. But, oh, it's hard when the people who were supposed to be having your back and walking with you, um, it wasn't, it wasn't there like you had hoped. So I, I hate that, but I, I'm also thankful that um, the Lord has taught that in you and you know how to love others better because you've walked that, that journey, you know? And I think that's sometimes something that people have a hard time with if they have not also walked a similar journey, you know, they feel removed or, Oh, I don't, they don't think to put themselves in that position. I I do want to point something out to you. I just, I kind of caught it while you were speaking. You said something like your church family didn't know the struggles you all were enduring at that time. Um, do you feel like that was because you didn't feel comfortable to share with them or what, what do you think is the reason that they didn't know some of the stuff that y'all had going on? I definitely think that we were, we did not feel the same way we feel about where we are right now with our current church family. Um, I feel like we could be a lot more open. There is a lot of shame when you're living in that kind of poverty when, you know, when you are ashamed to tell people that you may not have been able to make it to Sunday night service because, you know, your kid had an emergency that week and that was where your money went instead. Um, Definitely a lot of shame in that. The church that we were in at the time people were more affluent than we were. And so the other, the only other stay at home moms, and that's usually how I was kind of grouped were from very just wealthy families. And that didn't, that would have not even possibly, they couldn't have, I don't feel like they could have comprehended what we were going through. And there were very few families that looked like ours did. And I don't feel like anybody ever asked Nobody, like our church never came out to our house. Our church never, like we didn't, we didn't have that kind of community. And that makes me sad for what we experienced then. And I know that that was just kind of some signs that we were not in a healthy place. We were not probably where God would have had us to be, or maybe it was so that we could learn the lessons that we did. I don't really know. I'll just count it all as joy. Yeah. (laughs) But I definitely think there was a lot of shame and the fact that People just didn't care. Mm. Thank you so much for being so open. Oh, Christian. Yes, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Um, Something I've been thinking about as she's been talking is how in this season of her life, she was, you Trista, you were genuinely having to trust God to write your story. Like you didn't know what the future was going to hold, but you just took that step of faith and continued to walk forward. And, you know, as you walked forward, the Lord provided for you. Um, And I think that 
that says a lot about how the Lord grew your faith during that time, because now you're able to love others well than possibly maybe going through the same thing you did. And another thing um, gathered from this is just hospitality as us as believers showing hospitality to others doesn't always mean people coming into your home. That can mean people coming into your home, but like Trista was saying, providing a meal or childcare, like those are huge or sitting with someone on their front porch and discussing, talking about life, you know, I think that those are so important. And I think that even in those seasons, when you're facing so many different things going on in your family's life, like just having that interpersonal relationships with other believers in your congregation um, can be such a benefit. Absolutely. Is very thought provoking um, and also encouraging at the same time. Like when I think about, just the purpose of this podcast, it is to challenge us, but also to encourage us, you know, to spur us on to continue in our communities of faith, um, loving others better, you know. And I think stories like yours um, is what people need to hear because I, I can't speak from your situation, but I'm sure if somebody had taken the time with you, just to say, hey, how are you? Like, really, how are you? I feel like you would have been able to share with them if they had truly taken some time with you and your family. I definitely can agree with that, especially because I was new to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, I married my husband. I moved about an hour and a half from where I called home. And I didn't know anyone here at all. And my church knew that. And I definitely wish they would have taken more initiative in getting to know me. And I can remember like trying to befriend some of the moms and quickly realizing that these people had known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was an outsider. And that was how they saw me. (laughs) Mm. That's good. That's that's a hard truth. I think uh, sometimes people don't want to don't want to hear. And we can always be challenged to yeah. welcome to welcome the new the new person. You know, we get so in our own little bubbles. I think we forget. You know, not everybody not everybody has the same experiences as us. So, <laughs> thank you so much for um, sharing and being willing to share. I really appreciate it. I know. Um, I'm, I'm sure our listeners will also appreciate your, your willingness to share. Christian, do you have any final thoughts or any questions? I don't think so. I'm just grateful for Trista's openness about her experience and how the Lord has transformed her life through uh, the things that she's experienced and being willing to share that because there are, there are many people that are experienced similar situations Um, to hers and hopefully we as the church can hear this story and be encouraged to uh, come alongside those who are new in our community but also those who may be struggling Mm. very true very true well I will um, pray for us and then we will be uh, done for now but we do plan to have Trista back she has lots of insights. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm very thankful 
to have met her um, her last semester of her undergrad. So that has been a blessing. She's been uh, a great friend to have. I'm sure you all feel like she's your best friend now too. <laughs> um, she's, she's great. So uh, I'll pray for us and, and we'll go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and for your grace. God, even when it is hard to hear about shortcomings uh, we see in our life or in our communities, Lord, we know that you're good and you wouldn't do those things to us. But God, you are still molding us into the people you would have us to be, to be more like your son. Lord, I pray that what was shared in Trista's um, testimony about your faithfulness and goodness. Lord, I pray that it would spur us on in our communities to come alongside those who are in our communities that are struggling. Maybe they aren't going back to school, but they are in a similar situation when it comes to finances or being a stay-at-home mom and not having that community. So, Lord, I just thank you just for her willingness to uh, be open and just for uh, this opportunity you've given us to have these conversations like this. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Truth Seeking Mamas. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.